Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hello, party people, Prodigal and the Priest. What's up? And me. Mm. I really want to change our name of that. I don't know why. What do you want to change it to? I don't know. I wanted to be prodigal and the priest, colon, the question edition. All right. Yeah, but it's not that simple. And then it's been like numbered out on the pod. I don't know. We'll have to wait till I mean, season two. You can two. go and like, you know, back bill all of them. And- I, I, I can go. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, everybody caught that, right? Yeah. So You have interns or something, don't you? I don't have any. I don't have any support around here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get into your questions before we get into a fight here. So March 26, uh, this is our question edition of the podcast. You write in your burning questions and we answer them or you just tell us we're great or we're terrible and we respond as well. So that's usually what happens. Okay, I'm going, although, uh, so this person's name is Joe. He said this could possibly be a whole episode, but Mm. in... Or a series. Or a series, but in reading uh, the question and also it's come up in the St. Joseph um, novena that we both just did, I think we can address it. So I'm submitting this question as a potential topic for an entire podcast or honor around the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus or the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I just love this topic, so I want to do it now. So Mm. boom. Okay. He says, Joe says, there's such a thing called maternal microchemerism. It is also known scientific phenomenon that demonstrates the mother and child share cells in certain parts of their body, especially in the cardiac cells and wounds. Father Don Calloway also discusses this in some of his writings and videos. That's where we've heard it in Mm. the most recent novena. The challenge for you Father Paul and Joey, if you choose to accept it. No, I just added that. (laughs) Familiarize familiarize yourself with the fact of this scientific reality and discuss the theological and spiritual ramifications with regard to the two hearts. Jesus received all his humanity from his mother, and they shared a special and unique bond to the point that Mary even suffered much of what Jesus suffered in life, and especially on the cross. Perhaps when a child dies, part of the mother truly does die, and vice versa. Question mark. Mm. That I is a it. great question. I That's a fantastic it. question, and I do I do think that there's there's part of it like if we were to accept that challenge, uh, like to actually familiarize ourselves with the microchemerism. What's that? Chemerism. Chemerism. Microchemerism. He actually broke it down. That's why I'm. I, I actually yeah get no that's a very confident response from you chem chemerism yeah microchemerism yeah yeah so uh, yeah. I'm not familiar with the medical side of it enough right. to to enter into the challenge on that but if we if we take for granted right um, that that's a thing then I think like the theological implications are are really beautiful um, like we have we have Mary for instance right as um, co-redemptrix, not formally and solemnly defined by the church, but right. like we, the, 
the devotion and the theology is certainly there that Mary more than anyone else participates in the passion and crucifixion and death of her son. Right. And that in that way, she fulfills the prophecy of Simeon and you yourself a sword shall pierce. Right. And that's why we see the picture, the the sort of devotional imagery of the sorrowful mother um, with the seven swords piercing her heart. Yep. Um, That's not just on the level of sort of a mother's devotion to her son, uh, or I mean, maybe it, it, it's weird to put it like that. Like basically what we're saying is like medically there's something true of all mothers, right? Mm -hmm. That like they are now physically part of their child and their child is now physically part of them. Like that's the special thing, right? Obviously the child takes on, you know, uh, so much from from a normal mother and from Mary, right. Jesus took his entire human nature, but it's the that backwards move. Mm-hmm. That's the interesting thing scientifically, where right. something about Mary changes now um, that she has carried Jesus in her womb, right. like even on the level of like nature of of, of scientific uh, biology, right. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's a really beautiful thing that would be worth. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any more thoughts? I I would want to ponder so, that some more and, and also look. Yeah, more and into I the wanted the initial to initial toss yeah. it out, and maybe we can go into it for yeah. an entire thing. I will yeah, say this in June for um, the Sacred Heart Month. Yeah, it would be beautiful. But I wanted people to hear about it now because they might have heard about it in the Saint Joseph yeah. uh, consecration and Father Don Donald Calloway. Maybe we can put it in our show notes. I know you're very familiar with filling oh, yeah, that out yeah. online. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but there's a YouTube link and some uh, different um, links that we'll be able to um, link people to if they wanted to watch other videos or do things on that. I will say this. Uh, being somebody who uh, Nikki and I had a child pass away very sudden and unexpected, um, from an undiagnosed heart condition and y'all have heard me mention it before and I mentioned mm-hmm. it for any new listeners. Um, as soon as I read this, like I thought about my wife who carried our child mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I truly believe the day our daughter Kiara passed away up, you know, uh, there was a part of her that was linked to that, that, you know, died with her. Um, there's no, you know, I can't go in and prove that scientifically mm-hmm. with my wife, but as being a parent who's lost a child, and that's why we hear that phrase so, you know, tossed around to parents who lose children, be like, it's just unnatural uh, that, you know, a, a parent, you know, out, out survive a child. Yeah, has to bury their child. Um, that I have no doubt 100% that when a mother loses a child, no matter what the age, whether it was, you know, 16 days old or, 33 years later in Mary's case that mm-hmm. um, a part of them dies with that child. So yeah, I just want to toss that out. Thank you for, for sharing that. We, it's such a, such a powerful and, and such a tragic thing that you went through, but the way that you can speak about it is, is so, it's so real. It's, it's full of hope. Um, but it's not sugarcoated in any way. Like, like yeah. it's, I mean, it just, 
it makes me think honestly of the way that like Jesus's wounds remain right. after the resurrection, but they're glorified. They become occasions for God to, to show his glory. Yeah. Um, like this wound is obviously very clearly still there. And so I appreciate yeah. like the vulnerability that it takes for you to bring it up yeah. to talk about Kiara. Um, but it's also like there's some transfiguration that has already taken place uh, in, in a substantial way yeah. uh, for you to be able to, to talk about, about something so tragic in such a sort of a profound way. Yeah. I guess I would say. Thanks. So, thank Thanks. you for that. Um, okay. Let's jump into a lighter question. But right, yeah. Joe, Something thank you. Something about refrigerator lights yeah. or favorite shapes. <laughs> that was a great question. Uh, but Joe, thank you for that very insightful one. And it gives us, I, I wanted people just to hear initial things and then it gives us, you know, a little bit yeah. deeper dive into it. But okay, next, this is from Kay. Kay um, talks about how she actually has seen the document um, when we talked about the altar at St. Anne's and which saint relics are in, in that. Ooh, it's somewhere. I have it. You have it. Read it <laughs> I off. Have it now. Great. She was just mentioning that, and then she was like, "I can't find it anymore. I used to have it online." So, go ahead, uh, yeah. hit us up. Many people have asked before what saints are in our altar. Yeah. So that, and then she has another question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kind of in follow up to the mass. It was. It was not who I thought it was. I'll say that. <laughs> Man, it wasn't St. Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just started rumors Funny. be like, yeah, we oh, yeah. it's just like St. Joseph, okay. St. Augustine and here it is. Okay. Um I when I would talk about this before, I'd be like, yeah, some old, some new. Um it's a lot more new. Okay. I mean, new like relative in the history of the church. Right. Um, right, 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 right. So, St. John Neumann, St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, St. Martin de Porres, the Japanese martyrs. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, St. Charles Luanga. Oh, man, yes. Yeah. I, I love St. Charles Luanga. Yeah, important witness for today. Uh, St. Rose of Lima and St. Faustina. All those. Yeah, relics under the altar, St. Anne Catholic I mean, Parish. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. There it is. All right. Finally got the list. So This K is another sort of like fulfillment of something that's been a year. <laughs> <laughs> we really need a better awesome drop no, that's, i, I yeah, like what yeah. you did there there you go okay well she also follows up and asks oh. something that i love this question she says watching the live stream mass when the priest gives the blessing at the end do i receive that blessing mm. as if i was being there if i was actually being physically present if the answer is yes what if I watch it later? Not in real time. Mm. Great question. It's a good question. I How's love technology it. work? Okay. I'm going to back up and I'm going to talk about the whole thing here. Um, so uh, there are some things that can be transmitted over the internet. Yeah, yeah. Like confession. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm can't. just kidding for everybody Confession who, who, who sacraments <laughs> can't. Um, right, uh, you can't. You know, be baptized. Uh, you can't receive the Eucharist. Right. Right. Um, That's why we have a prayer. We spiritual make a communion. prayer of spiritual communion, which is essentially a prayer of I desire to receive the 
you, Lord, and though I'm not able to physically, I know that you can give me the grace of uh, of the thing. It, it would get too far into like Thomistic theology to go down that road, but like I know that you can that that you will give me grace now right. uh, in response to that desire. That's what spiritual communion is, um, but it's not the same thing as right. receiving communion. And uh, yeah, so you can't do absolution for confession. But can you give a blessing? Well, the Pope can. We know that. Um, yeah. For the Urbi et Orbi, which he, which means uh, the to the city and to the world, um, the city being Rome. Mm-hmm. So Urbi et Orbi, he gives this this little talk and this blessing on Christmas Day, and then some other times whenever he chooses to. Mm. Um, and it says like that you. Receive that blessing whether you watch it recorded or live. That's a very interesting thing. Ah. That being said, the Pope does have a certain universal jurisdiction. Right. um, That I do not, for instance. And so how does it work uh, with me? And part of the reason I'm talking around this is I don't really know. Like I've gone back and forth on it. It Hmm. makes sense to be able to receive a blessing over a Zoom call, right? You know, you you have like a, like I've done spiritual direction with people over Zoom. I've had small groups that I've been in a part of a Zoom meeting or Skype before that or phone call or anything like that. Like we've done all sorts of sort of creative ways to, to keep different aspects of our ministry going. And I always kind of want to give a blessing at the end. I did for a while and I was like, I don't know, like kind of weird or maybe it's not, um, and I've seen like bishops do both things. Yeah. Uh, I've seen bishops not give a blessing. I've never he- heard a bishop say, I'm not giving a blessing because it's not a real thing over the internet. Right. But I know that's, I've, I've been part of meetings where, where a bishop has concluded with a, with like the Lord be with you and with your spirit, blessed be the name. Well, you know, mm-hmm. now and forever. Um, the, the sort of apostolic formula to the blessing that a bishop can give. Right. Um, I've seen them do that and I've been on the receiving end over a recording <laughs> and right. and live and then I've I've seen the other side. So I'm not really sure, but I think I I lean kind of strongly towards yes you can. Um I think that the blessing is the kind of thing that you can transmit in that way. That it's not a a physical thing so much as an invocation. Um, I concur with this statement. By yeah, the way. and okay, like there's different kinds of blessings too. There's constitutive blessings and invocatory blessings. Um, constitutive is when something like changes, the state changes. So like you bless a rosary and it becomes now a blessed object that you right. have to treat in a certain right, way. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, probably not that, right? And so <laughs> yeah. maybe not, but then I think I want to say that in the Urbi at Orbi, like, no, no, no. I'm gonna back that up. I've gone back and forth on this for years. Like, like <laughs> this so, has been so tormenting at, you at, be since before no, no, no. COVID. And, and I think there's yeah, way before COVID. I I think there's that it just has to do with the the sort of nebulous nature of our theology of blessings. Mm. Um and the direction it's gone historically also. Like it it was a lot more clear when you would say certain words that you would be blessing that thing. And so the difference mm-hmm. between 
invoking God's blessing and having a blessing by your words constitute something different, a constitutory blessing, was much more clear in the current book of blessings. That's There's really, it's a lot fuzzier. You seem, the language is much more like, may the people who use this thing be blessed. And there mm-hmm. seems to be kind of shying away from like blessing a thing. Right. Um, and so I think that there's some, I, I have a friend who wrote a dissertation on this that I would love to read. Uh, uh, he was at the Casa Santa Maria with me. And nice. just hearing him talk about it was fascinating. But I don't know the conclusion strong enough to really go go into at least what he thinks about it. Um, I would say invocatory blessing, for sure. Constitutive, constitutory, whatever the word is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a blessing that makes something now a sacred object. I'd say probably not. I don't think I can bless holy water. Uh, over the phone. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I just solved it there. Okay. Um. (laughs) Well, it's a great follow-up to the next question we have from Sophia. Sophia asks, I've heard... Wisdom asks. (laughs) um, I've heard it said before, with holy water... Ooh. Oh, is is, this the uh, That as long as you do not add (laughs) more than what is already in the holy water, you can the water you add can become holy water. Is that true? Is this a myth? Can you clear this up for me once and for all? Yeah. So what they're saying is, just break that down because it's a little confusing. Say you have, like, let's just use a gallon example, okay? I don't know if people actually fill up their gallon jugs, but they have a jug. It has half a gallon in it of Mm -hmm. holy water. They're saying, can you go to the faucet and can you put in less than half a gallon of regular water, and it is now all holy water. <laughs> Father Paul's rubbing I, his face very oh, no, hard right itchy. now. Oh, okay, um, there you go. No, I, I feel like we we answered this like did a we? year ago, Maybe like early did, on one of the questions. But hey, the, pe- but, the people have asked. Yeah, no, the people people deserve an answer. I don't think so. I, I'm sorry, like, if if... Because I know a bunch of people who do stuff like that. Um, and it's like then you I don't would know. never run out. Yeah, right? it just it just seems kind of like a, a little strange to me. And I, again, like like what a blessed object is is much fuzzier theologically than what like a sacramental object. Like for instance, with the Eucharist, couldn't possibly do something like that, right? right. Uh, like that. It doesn't work like that. Uh, You can't be like, oh, we're getting low on precious blood uh, for this mass. Let's just pour more wine into the chalice. (laughs) Right. And it's it's good. We're good. Right. That definitely would be, that would be actually a a grave sin. Yes, exactly. Um, And would be desecration of the Eucharist and something that the priest would have to appeal to Rome uh, to relieve that censure um so yeah that's a that's a big no-no holy water is is not the eucharist right holy water is is something much different than that um but i still kind of i don't know I, I don't have really clear and strong reasons for it <laughs> outside of it just seems kind of weird and so i'd say probably no. <laughs> um that's, that's kind of where it i'm seems at weird because then 
You start like, what, when I was five, I had to get holy water and never again? Like, you know what I mean? I just keep on. Yeah. It just seems but like we've go, turned it into magic. Oh, uh, yes. But if you go too far down that, that road of like, well, why doesn't that work? Then yeah. it becomes like, okay, so like if you add any water, do you have like holy water that's mixed in with normal? And like, what is that now? Right. It's like it. But do people like mix it, water it with holy, holy water? Wa- I don't know. <laughs> but is it like less holy now? You yeah. know, we're at three quarters strength holiness. Um, it's like, I don't think it works like that either. Like it's, right. but maybe more like that than the other thing. Right. It's, I don't know. Um, I will say this as a way of just getting to a practical conclusion because okay. I don't know how to answer on a theoretical note. Um, I know that it's holy water is kind of hard to come by during the pandemic. We don't have the fonts like we we normally do mm. full of water. But I think something people haven't realized is that you can bring a bottle of water as big as you want to any priest and say, can you bless this? And they'll be like, yeah. Uh, people, <laughs> and it takes two seconds. Um People sometimes will be like, do I need to make an appointment or anything? <laughs> nope. It takes two seconds. Yeah. Like it is the least uh, intrusive <laughs> sort of thing. Like, you know, I could be getting in my car on my way to a sick call. You come up. Can you bless some holy water real quick? Yeah, absolutely. It takes two seconds. Two so, seconds. so anyway, maybe that's a better way <laughs> but over zoom over zoom i can't four no. seconds <laughs> over, over zoom it's at 39 percent holiness um but it's better than normal water better than <laughs> what um so follow up on the water though and i'm not gonna say who but i had a friend let's call him jimmy because his name was jimmy but his family kind of like there was some superstition and like they would like be told as kids, like you needed to drink some holy water. Like, is that sacrilegious? Uh, well, holy water, I don't think can be the object of sacrilege. Okay. Like I think, I think sacrilege pertains more to the sacraments and and things which, which are sort of like on a, a totally different level. Uh huh. Uh, holy water is sacramental. So like if you, for instance, if you, if you, uh, I don't know. Can you commit? I'm starting to question myself. Yeah. Can, I'm like, starting to question like you, you too in all of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it becomes clear. He's never known what he was talking about. It's just sort of making it up on the spot. Um, like like if you, you shouldn't if just you, add it to your cooking stuff, right? Like, you well, holy no. Water. no, no, no. Okay. But I'm trying to think of other sacramentals, like, like with a crucifix, for instance, a blessed crucifix. Okay. If you mistreated that, that's yeah, not that... good. It's obviously not good, but what kind of not good is it? Is it sacrilege not good? Or is it sort of blasphemous like you could do with the name of God mm. and also now with this object that's been set apart and dedicated to him? Yeah. But not quite to the level that it would become sacrilege. I'm not Yeah. It's a technical thing and I'm not huh. sure like what the how to specify it right. off the top of my head, but but yeah, yeah, I would say I've I've heard of people drinking holy water. Um so it's a thing. I well, yeah, it's a cultural thing in some some cultures, but I I think it's kind of a weird thing, honestly. Yeah. Um, and like holy water in the font is not clean. <laughs> it's not not potable. Is it yeah. potable or potable? I don't know. Drinkable. I'm not even, yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's just say you shouldn't drink it. People are putting their hands in it. <laughs> yeah, that's why we don't have it during the pandemic. Is because right. it's not clean. Um, 
I do know with just to branch off a little bit, like I went to Lourdes one time and the Lourdes right. water is very interesting. That's that's a miraculous spring. I've been to Lourdes as well, and that's and, why I kind of bring it and up. She says, I'm like, like, drink this, yes. wash in it. Um that's that's a water that doesn't that it seems inappropriate for a priest to then bless because it's already this sort of miraculous blessed water. And so you just huh. you just collect it and you use it. And it's kind of its own thing. How is it different? Not really sure. Uh, not like like sacramentals are are hard to specify. Yeah, and that's I think why there was a, a kind of strong reaction away from the constitutive blessings into the mm. invocative blessings. Like if it's that hard to specify, then is it sort of just like we're calling God's blessing down upon people who use these things and stuff? And it's like. I think that's too far the other way. These these things have yeah. been set apart for God. In right. A meaningful way is to become an instrument to communicate grace. Mm-hmm. That's what a sacramental is. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's that like, fine I, I line. Don't wanna... Like you hear parents being like, "Yeah, my kids were like, you know, into crazy stuff, so I sewed miraculous medals in their, you know, mattress or pill- have you heard this stuff? No, okay, well, you're not a parent. I can imagine. But, you know, like one's being, and then it's like, okay, that, well, why wouldn't you slip a little holy water into the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what, what, yeah. Like there is a thing know. where like it, it sort of works by itself and like it's good to have your house blessed, right? Right. Even if everyone who's living there isn't there, um, it does have some sort of like, it kind of works in itself kind of thing. Mm. But also like, it seems like it can get kind of weird and superstitious really quick. Yeah. When you go down that road. And I mean, in our St. Joseph book, right. Uh, father, father Callaway is like, by no means should you be burying St. Joseph upside down. <laughs> I love Because that. you want to sell your house. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like put his statue up and ask like, for his intercession. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't bury him in the like backyard. That's a, superstitious. It's not a talisman or yeah. some sort of, you know, magical ritual and that's devotion can kind of easily overflow when it when it's not sort of uh bound and guided by reason mm-hmm. uh, devotion can overflow into superstition rather rather quickly um uh if if left unbridled so it's, it's kind of it's the way i'm describing it is kind of like the relationship between the 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 passions or the emotions and the intellect and will, right? right? Emotions are good things. They're necessary things. They're sort of what <laughs> what bring color and spice and energy right? and all that. But left to themselves, if your emotions are ruling you, then, I mean, you're not living a fully human life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, a, a desire for pleasure or a desire for food or so, something is controlling you besides... Right. This gift of reason and free will, which is the imitation of of God, right? That's that's mm-hmm. how we're created in God's image, and so yeah. we have to use that to rule over the passions and to to bridle them like wild horses, right? To to funnel their power towards good things. So yeah. even like I know I'm kind of going off, but even like anger, for instance, right? Righteous anger is a good thing. A lot of people have questions about like, yeah, but how do I like remain angry in a righteous way. Yeah. It's really hard to do. I like to think of righteous anger as kind of the the booster rocket um, that gets you off the launch launch pad and out yeah. of the atmosphere. 
right? A righteous anger at something, at an injustice, like should fuel us towards action. Yeah. But we have to rein that thing in or eject it or yeah. whatever as quickly as we can because it's going to take over and consume us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to provide that initial burst and then reason and will have to have to come in and guide that as as long as possible until we eject it entirely. Yeah. But if we don't have a solid O-ring and the seal breaks, then there could be fuel everywhere. And yeah, all of that. And so, and also if we ever, um, you know, flip a table, that's just righteous anger. That's what I tell my wife. If I'm ever flipping a table, like that's what Jesus said. Whips of cords, we're all good. (laughs) We took way too long (laughs) on a question about... (laughs) holy water but i love it um and we gave you no solid answers to the people we love you um it's about the journey not the destination (laughs) oh man there you go all right they have a joey scantella father paul Bechter. take care god bless